I'm Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Rolling through a Wednesday. Thank you, Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep Ram. Now, we promised him Drake Toll is going to join us. Uh, and Drake was, um, you know, Monday, some of us were out attending barbecues, maybe honoring um, some of our fallen heroes and first responders. And, and uh, uh, Drake, that's when I first started seeing some of your work the other day boy you were you had that thing going and i know it, your day changed in a hurry but um I, I nice job on that it's good to good to have you on the program yeah matt uh absolute pleasure and i tell you there are truly no days off in sports so you go straight from kicking back and and sitting in a lawn chair to in a hotel room creating a ground zero of a coaching change uh, for about three hours midday. So I celebrated Memorial Day a day late, but certainly got it in nonetheless. <laughs> well, now Drake is is over at Locked On Baylor now and does a lot of podcasting. In fact, my old buddy Stephen Sim, uh, Simcox is Locked yeah. On TCU. So you guys are uh, you're sort of co-workers, sort of rivals, the Baylor TCU. Y'all can have a little fun with all that but i know all the locked in family that's a good uh, that's a good group out there now yeah. let me ask you this Drake. as a baylor student and uh, you're not far removed from that were yeah. you someone that liked to get out there uh to the ballpark i i, I obviously i see you at a lot of baylor events and yeah. and i'll be honest i have not i was at that dbu game this year i have not been as, as many baylor baseball games as i like to to normally attend how how closely have you kind of been watching this program uh over the past you know four or five years that you've been with us uh in central texas well matt i tell you you know uh i've really been covering baylor pretty pretty hard for the last three years or so as a student still have one year to go my senior year next year and in those three years I've done the PA address for for the PA announcing for Baylor softball. So my weekends are spent at the ballpark just yeah. across the way typically. But even in that, I've gotten to spend a lot of time around the baseball program. And oddly enough, one of the big reasons why was Steve Rodriguez, somebody that I got along with really well early on, really appreciated just as a person. And so that brought me out of the ballpark getting to cover them. So what I would do, you go to softball. By the time that's over, there's still three or four innings left of baseball. You hop on over and watch those guys in the end. So I got to spend quite a few weekends at the ballpark and around the team. And I tell you, there's really hasn't been, it felt like a lack of talent. You know, it just it felt like every year for Rodriguez, he had two or three guys that were in that conversation for first team all Big 12, Big 12 player of the year, or even being a high draft pick. And you saw that across his span and a tenure at Baylor. What you didn't see were wins consistently so uh, of the weekends that i spent at the ballpark i didn't see very many where baylor was winning the series did you sense uh from some of your classmates and and being tied in to the program and uh being around campus that the frustration growing from the players and it 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 really seemed like uh Again, the portal is now available to anybody. Now, some of the yeah. people that want to go in the portal are the people not playing, okay? So I don't think we can just assume, oh, everybody on the team was ready to transfer or anything like that. But did you sense even, you know, as it got later in the season and things were going poorly, was there a – did 
I'm not. I don't know if they lost the clubhouse. Sometimes you talk about coaches losing a locker room. Which, which did you did you sense that from the guys you were talking to that they had uh, some of the players had lost faith in this staff? Was that was that something you were hearing even before you started kind of putting out some of this news um, after the uh, you know after the dismissal? You know, Matt, I'll kind of, to your first point, being around students especially, <laughs> it felt like they wanted to enter the Baylor baseball fan transfer portal, right? Uh, you had you had so many students that would go out and love being at the ballpark on Saturdays. One of the best atmospheres in sports is just a college baseball game because it's a great place to go, sit, relax, take a study break. And it felt like you'd even see the burn boys, guys that would sit in the outfield for these games that just stopped showing up to the games. And on the flip side, I think you got a lot of that from the players, too. There's evidence of that. I've had two or three sources corroborate that there were eight players who almost immediately entered the transfer portal following the season. And then 15 to 20 guys in total that were planning on entering the transfer portal if a change was not made. Now, Matt, I'll say this. In college, in, in college athletics, really, you can you know, have a mutiny at any point in time with the transfer portal, right? If half the team decides they want to leave the program, then you're pretty much high and dry. And now the players have the control to say to the administration, either you make a change or we all leave. So it feels like I don't want to say that's what happened with Baylor baseball, but there were so many guys who had threatened the transfer portal, especially big names, that something had to be done. And it feels like that was certainly part of this decision. And on the flip side of that, too, I think, okay, Mac Rhodes mentioned when he spoke to the team on, on Monday at 1230, gave a Zoom call and really, you know, kind of preached caution when it came to the transfer portal and just to, to see where the university would go, the direction they would go, the next head coach. Mac promised that the new head coach, this is per a, uh, somebody close to the team, promised that the new head coach would meet with every player individually and give them an update on where their standing was with Baylor from a scholarship standpoint and a playing standpoint as well. So I, I think that just shows how big the transfer portal played into this, the fact that it was something that the athletic director even mentioned to the team after the move was made. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you would have loved to have given Steve another season, but it just didn't seem like – and I think part of the thing, Drake, there were some – really non-competitive moments to this season. Um, I was talking earlier to a friend about that Texas series. We were there for the spring game, and Baylor goes to Texas, and we're kind of watching that thing, and and some of those series just completely got away from them. Now, you're right. It's not like there wasn't some talent in there, but they just could not. You know what, what you hate for Steve is, think about 17, 18, 19. The guy has the program headed in the right direction. They're yeah. going to regionals. Uh, you can throw out the COVID year. I think there was enough things that happened weird in 2021, especially the way it ended, that I thought there were some action, there was some fighting back in that year. But 7-17 yep. and 17 of being the eighth seed and not being real competitive, I, I guess it was too much to overcome. Now, Drake, uh, Drake Toll joining us, Locked on Baylor. You can hear his podcast. By the way, Drake, how many of those are you doing a week. Uh, I, I sense that you're, uh, you're, you're, you're belting out quite a few of those. Yeah, Matt, it's been five days a week, a half hour every day, which is perfect for people's <laughs> commutes. Uh, and so Monday to Friday, 
every every morning those released at 7 a.m which in the summer months uh the company would go down to three a week in the off season so the next two months will be monday wednesday friday but outside of that five a week so you're right i have certainly been on top of this one a lot and for a while yeah i mean i saw you so much in the media i still have a hard time believing that you're a student i certainly um I had asked, well, I actually went to law school and then got in the media, but I promise you uh, I was not as uh, dedicated at that point. I love going to the games and right. following everything, but I was not digging in yet and trying to break stories and all that kind of stuff. So I admire you know, what you're doing in, in doing all that and kind of learning on the fly, uh, so to speak. Now, uh, when you start looking at some of these uh, possible replacements, Drake, uh, and I'm and listen. You can't. I I I think it's good to listen to the players, but you can't just go. Okay, who do y'all want? I mean, you can't obviously. And Mac's not going to be like that. I think one of the things I keep hearing is the players' feedback is we want somebody young, youthful, energy. And that's not to say. I mean, Steve was not that old of a guy. I think he just turned fifty. But they, I I think youth is a big thing. Um, and, 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 and again, people, the guy just went to A&M, you know, came for TCU is probably about 50 years old and he's doing great. So I don't think we, we have to assume, oh, they need to go hire a 35 year old or, or something like that. Are, are you sensing Dan Hefner has to always be in the mix. You have to check in with him. He's at DBU. He's a, yep. from a from a fit standpoint, you can't really find anybody that fits better because he's one huge at DBU, has not broken through uh, to the World Series, although he's come very close over the years and has run a great, great program. I think it would take quite a bit of money, but I, I promise you, I don't think Mack will lose out to anybody over money. It'll be because somebody, for whatever reason, um, chooses another thing. Do you feel yeah. like Hefner is where this search starts? Well, from a youth standpoint, Matt, I- I'm going to push back a little bit and say, well, I think youth is is really a key. I think even more so a key is having a Texas base, somebody that can recruit Texas because you have Houston, Dallas, Austin, all being really good baseball hubs across recruiting. And, and Hefner brings that to the table. He's a guy at DBU. 560 wins, 291 losses. He's shown really, really good stuff in 18 years there. And he was on the table for Baylor when Steve Rodriguez was hired. I thought that's the direction the two parties would go. And from everything I heard, it was actually on Hefner's side where he decided to remain at DBU. So that's the thing, Matt. You know this guy's been here 18 years, has had the success that he has had, 21 wins in the NCAA tournament at DBU, that people have already knocked on his door and called his name. It's just going to take the right time and the right offer to pull him away. I'm sure Mac Rhodes could do it. You you know he already got the DBU portal for the new soccer coach for Baylor as well. So he's certainly been around those, those parts to recruit a new coach. However, it feels like Hefner just is safe there, right? That he he likes that job for whatever reason it may be. Similar to why a lot of folks are upset that Scott Drew's still at Baylor. They want him to go to Indiana. They want him to go to Louisville. But he's at Baylor because he loves it. I think that's Hefner's case and wouldn't be surprised if that keeps him at DBU next season and Baylor has to bark up a different tree. 
Well, it's um, it's the only game in town theory at DBU that, that oh. it is their football. It is their everything. All their banquets. Clayton Kershaw spoke at one I attended, and they raise a great amount of money. And you are the only game in town. I'm not saying they don't have other sports, but when it comes to D1, that is the sport, and that's where they right. put so much of their attention. Now, what about in your mind? Some of these SEC assistants, um, and obviously Mitch Thompson's name has to come up. MCC, tremendous, tremendous success at MCC, and uh, coming off uh, last year's uh, uh, JUCO World Series, and has ties to the Baylor program. But we saw Mac go after Dave Aranda, one of the great uh, assistants across the country. There are folks, even Mitch Thompson's younger brother, by the way, is in Arkansas. You start right. looking at some at Tennessee has some interesting candidates. Uh, I, I have heard people say, well, hey, don't rule out somebody with Major League Baseball ties. Uh, would that be a great recruiting tool? The, the problem there is generally Major League, it works out sometimes, but mo- any of those guys that have made huge money in Major League Baseball generally don't want to put in the time and the effort it takes to recruit. Now, there are right. exceptions to every every rule, but that's usually the case. When this all comes to fruition, Drake, I mean, I, where do you think it ends? Do you think the SEC is, is somewhere where a coach could come from? You know, uh, the, the short list that I have really narrowed it down to, and let me say this, Matt, too, I have no monopoly on knowledge when it comes to this coaching search. And as we've seen from Mac Rhodes in the past, basically if you build a short list of candidates that you think makes sense, he's going to go as far away from physically possible from that short list, right? So like Nikki Collin, Dave Aranda, those weren't the major names that came up in the major coaching hires that he's made. For me, though, I, I do look at – Steven, uh, Steven Trout from Texas State had a lot of success as a head coach there. Not an SEC guy, but another one of those Texas guys. I'm looking at Sean Allen, pitching coach at UT. He has been with David Pierce for 10 seasons now, had a lot of success as a pitching coach there. From an SEC standpoint, too, I would say the, the best hire. I know you mentioned Nate Thompson, the assistant coach at Arkansas, who has a solid pedigree, right? Arkansas had the best team, arguably, of, of the decade last year. Everybody was raving about Arkansas baseball. Uh, and I know there are a lot of fans that are actually upset with him right now because he preaches the long ball. And that's why, Matt, for me, I think my dream candidate, if it's not going to be Mitch Thompson at MCC, who I have at my number one, my number two right now is Frank Anderson, pitching coach at Tennessee, spent eight years as a head coach at Oklahoma State, took them to the Super Regional as well. He's had a lot of success at Tennessee, 329 wins as a head coach and experience in college baseball, and has built – the best team in college baseball this year, along with Tony Vitello at Tennessee. It feels like he's ready for another head man job. However, I think the only drawback with him is he's 63, right? And it's kind of the same situation for Mitch Thompson. If you bring either of those guys in, somebody's going to need to be there in waiting because they can't give you the 21 years that Steve Smith gave you at Baylor or Mickey Sullivan. And I think that's where Mac Rhodes wants to go. But if you go SEC, I do think a guy like Frank Anderson is number one. And if you're going to include Texas, as the SEC, Sean Allen, their pitching coach, is another guy I really like right now. 
All right, Texas, uh, uh, we had Del Conte on the other day, their AD, and they have yeah. uh, said that, that basically they're looking at baseball now as a revenue sport. We've always thought of it as a non-revenue sport. Those SEC schools, Arkansas put $27 million into that player development center that they have there right outside the ballpark or maybe inside the ballpark, but $27 million People are pouring big money into baseball, and I, I do think uh, uh, there's a little bit of an arms race going on right now. Drake, it was, uh, it was good to have you. Good work the other day. I was just kind of uh, sitting there refreshing and, and looking along, so good stuff. And then we'll encourage folks to uh, listen to you on that Locked On Baylor. Locked On Baylor, and I'm sure you can get that on uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, yep. uh, all the different places, Google Play, that uh, – uh, Pandora, Spotify, whatever else, uh, where you get podcasts. Thanks, as always, Matt. Uh, absolute pleasure. And I'll say this for everybody out there: if none of the coaches that I named are hired, don't blame me. Blame Mac Rhodes. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. They, we've we've uh, got you down for that. There he goes, Drake Toll, and uh, and and Drake can be listened to on that podcast. Um, Aaron, is that were you that confident when you were a uh, when you were going into your senior year in college? <laughs> Drake, I just get a kick out of the guy. He shows up at news conferences. I mean, he's asking all the questions. I mean, it took me five, ten years of covering beats and covering the you know. Then I got on the Cowboys before before I was ready to roll. Just cut it loose like that, and um, and this guy comes at it but uh but i have I, it, it's it's fun to see that kind of passion and energy and uh doing a nice job and and was really providing a lot of the early information on the uh change the other day that baylor has made all right that was uh, some baylor baseball talk got a couple of updates for you including getting you ready we are almost ready to start the nba finals all of that next in the dismount 